You are listening to the Embassy Church Podcast, and here is today's message. I trained as a geologist, and uh, there's lots of different aspects to geology, but one of them includes the mining. So we went down into one of the potash mines around Saskatoon, and uh, so they took us way, 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 way down. And so there's no natural light at all. No natural light. And they turned the lights off and it was, it was amazing and it was terrifying because the darkness was so dark, you couldn't see the hand right in front of your face. You had no sense of anything. You know, when it gets dark out at night, you've got ambient light still from the moon or the stars so you can see different things. But down there, there was nothing. You could see nothing. And I was thinking of that verse, and when you're in the grave, the darkness that's in there that holds you, you can see nothing. But when you come out of that darkness, you come into that glorious light who is Jesus. And that light reveals everything. And it's amazing. He's amazing. And we're here to worship Him. We're here to surrender to Him. So let's just lift our hands in that universal sign of surrender and surrender ourselves to him. Jesus, we surrender ourselves to you. We thank you for what you have done. The blood, as Adam shared earlier, the blood that you shed, so valuable, so precious. And it has done everything. Not one thing, not one person has been left out of your redemptive work. We thank you for that. And as we gather here, Father, we thank you that we surrender ourselves, we surrender our wills so that you can speak to us and that we can be changed. We cannot change ourselves, but by the grace of God, we can be changed. So we thank you, Father, for your power, your grace that is available to change us this day into your likeness give you great praise. Amen. 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 Well, thank you, worship team. Thank God for each and every one of you. It was an awesome set of worship. Hello to everybody. Um, hello, online viewers. My name is Duff Friesen. I'm on the pastoral team here at Embassy Church. And uh, so today I'm going to be ministering the Word of God to you. But before I do that, um, spent some time just going through what, what maybe I should share with you, uh, not just what my, was, what my good idea was, but what God's idea was. And uh, so the first thing that I wrote down is, the world is a crazy place these days, and change is happening so quickly, and there are so many voices trying to get our attention. But one of the changes, you know, the world that we live in today is different than it was six months ago. And if I walked into a bank like this six months ago, they would have called the police. <laughs> they would have called the security guard. But today I could walk into the bank like that and it would be totally normal. And it's just crazy when you think how much the world has changed. But the question is, is it change for the better or for the worse? So that's what we want to look at a little bit today. 
And I think to put things in perspective a little bit is we often think in terms of our own world, our own things that uh, we have to deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. And that's a context of our existence. That's how we live. Because that's our perspective. What's the world around us like today? But history is a, it's a beautiful thing because if you go back in history, you can see that much of what we've gone through, you know, it's not unique. There have been hard times before this in history. People have gone through amazing things. And this is a, a quote. This is a popular, not a quote necessarily, but from literature. Charles Dickens. He was writing on the French Revolution, which took place back in the 1790s. So he wrote the book, Tale of Two Cities, in 1859. And this is how he started it out. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. It was the age of wisdom. It was the age of foolishness. It was the epoch of belief. It was the epoch of incredulity. It was the season of light. It was the season of darkness. It was the spring of hope. It was the winter of pain. It's amazing that it doesn't matter what time of history you live in, I really believe there are always two perspectives. You can see the bad or you can see the good. And a personal philosophy of mine is always that, you know, you try to believe the best and see the best in people, in circumstances, because if you don't, what you're left with is the worst or the bad. And you know, God, when he looks at us, he does not look at the negative. He does not judge us according to our imperfections or sin. He judges us according to, what did we sing in that last song? Um, we are children of God. We're his children. We're maturing in him, but we're not perfect. But he looks at us with love, and he looks at us with compassion. And he doesn't judge us, he helps us. You know, often, that's the down part, the weakness of my philosophy is uh, uh, if I'm not careful, I can fall to judgment. I can judge people, I can judge things. But you know, when I find that I fall into judgment, it's, it's always a negative experience. It's, it never helps me, and it never helps person or the situation that I'm dealing with. Judgment always leads to a more negative place. God has called us to be influencers in culture. Uh, culture is where we live. Um, so in your family, in our church family, in the city of Prince Albert, in the province of Saskatchewan, in the nation of Canada, in the world itself globally, so whatever your world is, whatever your sphere of influence, you have a sphere of influence. You have a group of people that you will touch that not necessarily everyone else will touch in the same way that you can. That's really kind of your world. That's where you live and that's where you move. And so God has called us to be an influencer in the culture in which we live, not to be influenced. In other words, our words and our conduct should influence those around us. Um, and our words and our conduct should be based on our faith and trust in God and his ability to deliver us and cause us to rise above circumstances.
If we're not careful, we allow circumstances to govern our life. And if we allow circumstances to govern our life, we will fall into fear. We will fall into fear. It's not if, it's when. So you cannot say, I will not fear, because you will fear. Unless your faith is in God, you will fear. You will fear something, you will fear someone. You will fear. And God is the only solution to fear. If we listen to the wrong voices, they will cause us to get into fear. Jesus does not want us to live in fear, but in peace. Through faith in him, the living word. John 16, 31 to 33. We're going to read that out of the Passion Translation. In verse 31, Jesus replied, Now you finally believe in me. Have you ever said that to your kids? Now you finally get what I was saying to you. Finally. Jesus is saying this to his disciples. He's not just talking to us. But he's talking to his disciples. The ones that he lived with. He, he ate with. He ministered with for three years. And he's saying at this point in John 16. Now you finally believe in me. And the time has come when you will be all scattered and each one of you will go your own way leaving me alone so Jesus knew this I've heard speak the truth in love right <clears throat> sometimes we use that as a reason to tell somebody something just speaking the truth in love brother um but here he didn't hold anything back from the disciples. So Jesus knew it was coming and he shared it. And he said, the time has come when you're going to be scattered. You're going to leave me. Each one of you will go your own way. Yet Jesus was not disturbed or upset or fearful of that. Because he said this. He said, yet I am never alone for the Father is always with me. And that's the same position that we should have as children of God, is whether or not we have people around us, that should not be our security. It should not be our peace. You know, you're on Facebook. Um, just because you have more friends doesn't mean you're more popular. That should not be your security. I've got more friends on Facebook than you. I have a bigger following. More people liked my photo that I shared than they liked your photo. Um, then we get into judgment. Then we get into qualifying each other on terms of performance. And that's never God's plan or purpose. What our security should be, who our security should be, it should be God. Just like Jesus. He was not afraid of the disciples abandoning him. Because that's what they were going to do. He said, each one of you will go your own way which is different than each one of you will go my way. So he knew that they were going to fall into old patterns. Yet I'm never alone, for the Father is always with me in everything I taught you. So this is, this is kind of the context of where I want to go, and then we're going to plow this out a little bit. Everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you. 
Jesus' plan and purpose for you is that you be in peace, that you live your life in peace. I don't know if any of you, and I'm sure I know I have, I'll speak personally, um, but when I get stressed, my life, my quality of life does not go up when I'm stressed. When it's my job, when I look at my bank account, when I look at different things, and if they cause me stress, then that decreases my peace exponentially. It just, my peace just shrinks basically to nothing because I'm all caught up in circumstances. But Jesus said here that everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. Our rest is in Jesus. Our security, even in these times, is not in what the medical officers say. It's not in what the government says. It's not in what people says. Our confidence, our peace, our rest should be in God and what he says. Because God says we're the overcomers. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows. But you must be courageous. Footnote says there, uh, you could also say cheer up, but you must cheer up, for I have conquered the world. And that's always got to be the place we go back to, is that Jesus has conquered the world. Jesus has taken away the power of this world to defeat us and to conquer us. So Jesus has dealt with this world and its power over us. And as we rest in what Jesus has done, that's where peace comes from. So peace, what is peace? Peace is when you rest in the victory that Jesus has wrought for you. Adam shared about the blood. What has the blood done for you? What has the blood delivered you from? Well, if that's what the Word of God says, then you can rest in that. You can have peace. You don't have to be stressed. You don't have to be anxious. I heard a man of God say this once, that the power of God will only operate or manifest in an atmosphere of peace. If we want God to work in our lives, we've got to be at peace. We cannot be anxious. So the goal of this message is how do we get from where we're at to peace? What do we do? To be in peace, we must realize that while circumstances are true, they are not the truth. So I want to just plow that out a little bit. True and truth. Two different things. Circumstances are true. God's word is the truth. Circumstances are true. I'm not feeling well. My bank account looks pretty low. Those are true things. But what does God say about those things? By Christ's stripes I have been healed. That's the truth. Given, it shall be given back unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. That's the truth that God says. So what is true in your life and what the truth is may be very far apart. But what we can do is we can walk towards the truth. We can walk towards the light because Jesus is the light. And he is our life. 
Jesus said this, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. So it should be a desire in our heart to know the truth. So we shouldn't be so caught up with what's true that we forget what is the truth. John 8, 31 to 32, Jesus said to those, disciples, or to those Jews who believed in him, when you continue to embrace all that I teach, you prove that you are my true followers. For if you embrace the truth, if you embrace the truth, it will release more freedom into your lives. So, how do we get free? We get truth. If we get caught up in true all the time, these circumstances are true, I'm dealing with them, they're true, they're true, uh, but we're unmindful of the truth, then we get locked into a wrong way of living, a wrong way of seeing things. So what is the solution here? We're going to look at Romans 12, verse 1, out of the message. And this kind of comes down to the crux of what I want to talk about. Romans 12, 1. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. You're sleeping. You're eating. Going to work and walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Just think, the best thing that I can do for God today is embracing what He wants to do for me. So embracing what God does for me is the best thing that I can do for Him. God is not just interested in me giving Him time on Sunday, but every day. So God is interested in our everyday life, our getting up, our going to bed, our going to work, our interactions with our family, with our friends, with our co-workers. God is interested in all of that, and we give all of that to Him, understanding that He will equip and grace us to be who He wants us to be with all of those people in all of those situations. And that way, our light shines. That way, we become an influencer rather than being influenced. Because you know what? If you're not being an influencer, you're being influenced. And God wants us to be influencers of culture, not influenced by culture. And you say, is that true? Is that really true? Well, Romans 12, verse 2. And again, this is out of the message. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. This is what everybody does. This is, so this is what I do. We just fit in and we don't even... So everybody looks at us and they just see the same thing that they see in their lives or everybody else's lives. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out. Readily recognize what He wants from you and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings out the best of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. In the Passion Translation, it puts it this way. Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of culture around you. Are we tempted to do that? And the answer is yes. The answer is yes. But inwardly, be transformed by the Holy Spirit through the total reformation of how you think. 
This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. In another, tra or, uh, another way you could say the first part of verse 2 is don't be squeezed into the mold of this present age. Do you know the world is constantly trying to squeeze you into its mold? Every day, the pressures of life try to squeeze you into the world's way of thinking, the world's way of doing, the world's way of acting, the world's way of speaking, and, and that's a constant pressure. And if you don't resist it, you will conform. One translation for Romans 12.2 says, Be not conformed to this world, but transformed. And that's God's plan and purpose for us, is he wants us to be transformed. So our choices are this, is we can either be squeezed into the mold of the world's way of thinking, or we can be transformed by the renewing of our mind. And when you are... When you are transformed, I believe this is when you enter into maturity. You know, maturity is not always an easy thing to attain. But it is something very worthwhile to strive for. And that's what God wants us to be. Not immature, but he wants us to be mature in him. How does the world try to squeeze you into its mold? Well, there's a few different ways. Um, 1 John 2, verse 16. And I think this is out of the Passion Translation. For all the world can offer us the gratification of our flesh, the allurement of things of the world and the obsession with status and importance. None of these things come from the Father, but from the world. So have you ever been tempted or pressured or stressed by any of those three things? The, the gratification of our flesh is not from God. If we seek to gratify our physical desires, that is not a God thing. God does not complete us by us pursuing that. If it's the things of the world that attract us and we follow after, God will not complete us through those things. So the size of your house, the size of your boat, size matters. In the kingdom of God, little is much. The first shall be last, the last shall be first. God's ways are not our ways. The obsession with status and importance. I want a title. I want to be the boss of somebody. I want people under me. I want to tell them what to do. I want a position that people will look at and respect. Uh, this is not from God. That's not how you fulfill your purpose. Those things can happen in your life, but if we pursue them, if we make them the issue, then we're following after the world. We're not following after the Father. Transformation is the goal. So the peace that I talked about earlier on, the only way to achieve peace is through transformation. So this transformation in the Greek, it's metamorphosis. And metamorphosis refers to a complete trans, um, well, complete transformation. I keep putting these down and picking them up, so I better just hold them. 
The meaning of metaphor, morphosis, is this, a change of the form or nature of a thing or person into a completely different one by natural or supernatural means. By a supernatural means, God can totally transform us from who we were into who he wants us to be. He can make old things pass away. He can cause new things to come into our life. He can cause us to be the new creation that his word promises us. Those aren't just high promises that we can never attain to, but if we will follow after Christ, then he will do those things for us. And it's a supernatural transformation. It's not something that we can make happen on our own. So transformation really refers to transforming into a spiritually mature person. And if we want to mature in Christ, then we must be willing to transform. And if we're going to transform, we do like one of the songs said, we surrender. We've got to surrender. God does not supernaturally come in and change you against your will. When he talks about this transformation, it's not physically, because when I got born again, I didn't change in height, I didn't change in weight. I have changed since I got born again, but I won't attribute that to being born again. My lack of hair is not because I got born again. So, physical transformation, not part of the package. But spiritually, we're transformed, God recreates us. The soul is what we need to transform. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. And that's what God is interested in doing. And how are we transformed? We're transformed by the living word. And Jesus is the living word. So if God's going to transform us, it's got to be our soul because our mind, will, and emotions, that's what gets renewed. And if God's going to do that, then he's going to cause us to be involved in the process. And Philippians 4 says this. So Philippians 4 affirms again God's counsel to us regarding our thinking. So if we're going to be renewed in our minds, then that's going to affect what we think on and how we think. So Philippians 4, verses 8 and 9 says this in the Amplified. Finally, believers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable and worthy of respect, whatever is right and confirmed by God's word, whatever is pure and wholesome, whatever is lovely and brings peace, whatever is admirable and of good report, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think continually on these things. Center your mind on them and implant them in your heart. If you're going to be transformed, you're going to have to renew your mind. And this is a picture of a renewed mind because you will think on good things, not bad things. You will think the best of somebody, not the worst. You will be able to see the good when everybody else sees the bad. You will be able to believe God when circumstances would say, do it another way. You will be able to walk out what God tells you to do without looking at the circumstances and saying, oh my gosh, how am I ever going to make it? You will believe him over everyone and everything else in your life. This is a transformed mind. This is a state of maturity. And this is where peace is. Because there is no struggle at that point because you just believe. And you can rest in that belief. And when you're at rest, you're at peace. 
anybody ever watched the, um, the Alone series on the History Channel? So they take a group of people, they've got to qualify through applying, but they take them to a very remote area, and they've got to survive in that wilderness on their own with very few um, uh, supplies, um, so they don't provide them with a lot of extra stuff. Uh, they've got to show their resourcefulness out in the wilderness. And the one who stays the longest is the one who wins the money. So this year, it's a million dollars. And the goal is to survive 100 days in the wilderness. And if you're the last man or last woman standing, then you get the million dollars. And right now, there's three left. And there's two ladies and one guy. <laughs> so it'll be interesting to see who survives the longest. But the reason I brought that up is they were interviewing, like these people out on site or on location. They've got these little... GoPro cameras and they're always filming themselves in different situations and they're talking about what they're going through. And this one, Keelan was her name, and she was sharing about, um, you know, ordinary life, we go through highs and lows. We have good days, we have bad days, is pretty much what we would call them. But she says out there where you're surviving for your life and you've got two goals, to get enough food and to stay warm. Those are your two goals. That would, that's what you spend your day doing, is just trying to get food or trying to keep warm. But where you're fighting such extremes in terms of, you know, you fight for survival, she says your highs are as high as mountains and your lows are lower than the lowest valleys. And, you know, she, she talked about the thinking, right? Because that's where that happens in your mind. You're way up here, you're thinking everything's good, it's cool, I'm good, I'm on it for the win, I'm going to survive the 100 days, I'll get the million dollars, and how good will life be then? So that's a good, but the low is like, I've got no food, I'm losing weight, I can't find enough wood, I can't find any food, and so then you've got the survival, and, and those are the lows. And you've got to battle that, because if you don't battle it, then you're going to give up, you'll give in. The reason I say that is this, and Isaiah talks about this, make every, every valley will be raised up, every mountain brought low, the rugged terrain will become level ground, and the rough places a plain. Then Yahweh's radiant glory will be unveiled, and all humanity will experience it together. Believe it, for Yahweh has spoken it. You know, I thought of this because God says in Isaiah as well that his ways are not our ways. His, his thoughts are not our thoughts. And you know what? Our thoughts can be up here, down here. But when we become spiritually mature, that's like what Isaiah says here. When we become spiritually mature, it's like this, that every valley will be raised up. Every mountain will be brought low. Why? Because our faith is in God. We're not being moved by circumstances or emotions. We are trusting in God. So we will not have those extreme highs or lows. God will level our life out and cause us to walk in a good place, in a straight place. The rugged terrain will become level ground and the rough places become a plain. God will do that for us. But we're involved in the process and that process is renewing our mind. 
That is something that we've got to carry on and do every day. We don't get a buy out of that. I have nine pages of notes, so I'm trying to bring this to a close right now. So I am cutting and not pasting. I am deleting. Footnotes from Isaiah 40, um, verse 3. So it says this, Even now the voice of the Spirit of God is crying out in the wilderness of people's souls, their minds, their wills, and their emotions bringing them to repentance and faith in Christ. So, renewing our mind, that transformation, that entering into maturity in Christ, it really will cause us to walk in a straight and level place. That is not for after we die and go to heaven. I believe that can be in the here and the now, right now. John 14, 25 to 27. I am telling you this while I am still with you. But when the Father sends the Spirit of holiness, the one like me who sets you free, he will teach you all things in my name. He will inspire you to remember every word that I've told you. I leave the gift of peace with you, my peace, not the kind of fragile peace given by the world, but my perfect peace. Don't yield to fear or be troubled in your hearts. Instead, be courageous. Transformation is the key to being courageous. Transformation allows you to believe God over the circumstances. 2 Corinthians 10, verses 5. Well, you know what? It's from verse 1 through to 6, I guess, in the message. Just going to read this to you. The world is unprincipled. It's a dog-eat-dog -dog world out there. The world doesn't fight fair. But we don't live or fight our battles that way, never have and never will. The tools of our trade are not for marketing or manipulation, but they are for demolishing that entire massively corrupt culture. We use our powerful God tools, our weapons, for smashing warped philosophies, tearing down barriers erected against the truth of God, fitting every loose thought and emotion and impulse into the structure of life shaped by Christ. Everything, every loose thought, emotion, impulse into the structure of a life shaped by our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Our tools are ready at hand for clearing the ground of every obstruction and building lives of obedience into maturity. God wants us to be transformed. How do we do that? We do that through the renewing of our mind. Is it an easy thing? Not necessarily. Paul said in Philippians, I believe it was, that we are to work out our salvation in fear and trembling. God doesn't, God's done the work. Jesus has done everything that can be done from their side, but we've got to work out our own salvation. And to do that, we need his word. We need to be... <coughs> believing in his word and be transformed in our thinking. So will we struggle? Yes, we will struggle. But if we seek, the Bible says we will find. If we ask, the Bible says it will be given unto us. If we knock, 
the Bible says it will be opened unto us. So this will require something on our part. But as we press into God and we seek to renew our minds um, even more than what is already today, so we continue on that process, that journey to renew our minds, we will be continually transformed. And we will, as Romans says, go from glory to glory, from faith to faith. So, I would encourage you, in light of today, we can listen to the news, we can listen to social media, we can be on those things. And if we're not careful, we will get squeezed into that way of thinking. Because that's what the world is continually working at to do with everyone, is to squeeze us into the world's way of thinking. But God's got a better way, He's got a higher way. His ways are not our ways, His thoughts are not our thoughts. But if we will attain to them, then he will bring us to a place of maturity where we can be at rest, we can have the peace that we so much desire. And in that peace, you will be content. Paul said this, that he was content whether abased or bound. So that means whether he had a little or he had a lot, he was content, he was happy. So where does our contentment come from? We're like Jesus when he told the disciples that they were going to go their own way. He said, even though you leave me, I have the Father. I'm content. No matter what life has brought you, no matter where you're at in life, Jesus is the solution. And if people have forsaken you, if you've fallen on hard times, you are not alone because God is with you. And God can bring you into a place of victory. He will not leave you. He has got a better way. And as you surrender your life to him and say, God, not me, but you, not my way, but your way, then God will empower you. He will grace you to ascend, to go to a higher place. Because God's intent always is to overwhelm you with his goodness. In the world, we will have troubles and trials. We will have tribulations. But in Him, we have peace. In Him, we don't just sing about His goodness, but we experience His goodness. Amen? Let's pray. Father, I thank You for Your promise of peace. I thank You that as we embrace what Jesus has taught, that You will bring us into that place of perfect peace. But Lord, that we will not be disturbed or upset by anything that goes on around us. Father, in the calm, even in the storm, we will know the calmness of our faith in you. That we will be able to walk as you've called us to walk. And that we will be influencers. We will be history makers and world changers. And Father God, that we will be a people that bear the light to the world. And that in us, they see a God who is alive, a God who's active, a God who is real, and makes a difference in the lives of those who embrace him and his promises. We give you great praise, Father, for everything that you've done and are doing. We give you praise for this day. Bless all those that are gathered in this place and are listening online. Thank you, Father, that as we come into this day and as we go out of this day, we're blessed. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening, and I will hand it back. For more information about Embassy Church, 
visit our website at embassychurch.ca.